Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of 50 Stories of Transformation. I'm your host, Michaela Lacey, and this week we are on story number 21. So if this is your first time tuning in to this podcast, uh, don't worry, here's a quick rundown about what it's about. Um, In a nutshell, 50 Stories of Transformation is about the awesome transformative work that God has been doing and is doing through the Baptist Resource Network in Pennsylvania, South Jersey region. So, you know, we're talking to pastors, we're talking to missionaries, college pastors, uh, just about, you know, how they've really seen God work uh, through the years and through their ministry and what transformative work they've seen done. So uh, there's your introduction to this podcast. And if it's your first time checking this out, thanks for checking it out and giving it a listen. And if you're a faithful listener, thanks for coming on back each week. So for this week's story, story number 21, uh, we are sitting down with Mr. Robert Turner, who is the BRN Director of Next Collegiate Ministry. He's been in that role since 1992, so that's 29 years of ministry. He's also served as a North American Mission Board Collegiate Missionary since 1998. He has been foundational in creating the strategy document that led to the Baptist Convention, PA South Jersey, becoming the BRN, and has served as a collegiate consultant for Lifeway along with many other roles and uh, many other ways that he has just helped the BRN uh, work within the college mission field and just help advance the kingdom through students. So now after about nearly 30 years of ministry, uh, he is gonna be retiring at the end of this month. So for this story, uh, we're gonna be just kind of, you know, taking a moment to look back and reflect on all that he's seen God do uh, through college ministry. Um, And also, you know, how God has just really transformed that specific mission field throughout the years. And uh, we're gonna have fun doing it. Lots of memories are gonna come up and it's gonna be a great conversation. And so uh, with that, um, if you're all ready, we'll go ahead and jump right on in to our conversation with Robert Turner. Robert, thank you so much for taking time uh, to just join us here on the podcast this week and uh, be a part of 50 Stories of Transformation. Um, uh, We're going to have an awesome conversation about, you know, how you've seen God really transform college ministry and, you know, how he really fueled your passion for that specific mission field. Uh, But before we kind of get into, you know, the crux of that, um, I do want to start by asking you, how did you first get involved with the BRN? And then what was your call to campus ministry like? Okay, so let me let me start with the second one first. So, um, so I was um, came to know Christ as a child when I was just eleven, and it was through. Um, I mean, like a lot of people, you just kind of nominal. You know, I mean, I was a child. I was just a kid. I grew up in the church and was active in the church and was a good kid. Uh, it was a. And when I was a teenager, we had something called a lay witness mission in our church, which was a common kind of church renewal movement back in the seventies where lay people would come into a church and for the weekend and would uh, come and share what Jesus means to them. And we'd have these gatherings. This was really different from how we'd done church stuff before. And God really was sweeping across the country, using these things to help people come to, to a knowledge of him and a deeper knowledge of him. It was the first time that, so on the, on the team of like 40 people came to our church over the weekend. I had a small church, like 150 people, first Baptist church in a little town in Arkansas. But these people came for the weekend and and uh, about 15 of them were teenagers. It was the first time I'd really seen someone my own age who was just on fire for Jesus. And it really impressed me. And uh, that's where my growth really started. I was about 16, 15, 16 at the time. And that's when I really started saying, okay, this thing, I'm being serious with Jesus. Uh, and it w- and I wanted to be an architect growing up. That's what I, I grew up on a farm, it's kind of interesting, but I wanted to be an architect. 
and um, was kind of thinking that. And so this is, I told my campus ministers this weekend, I was telling the story. I was in the counselor's office. I'm a junior in high school. And, uh, and I want to meet with her to talk about, you know, kind of, I was thinking about college. And uh, she said, okay, while you're waiting, here's a career book, your book of careers. So just look through this, see what gets your interest. And I remember thumbing through it and architecture was the first, you know, right the first because of the A. And I thought I'll turn the page back. And I, I, I didn't turn the page back. I kept going. And, um, and I got down to ministry or clergy or whatever that one was, you know, and I turned the page back, the cup corner back. And when I got to the end of like 30 minutes looking at this book, I realized I only turned one page back. And, um, and you know, I said some people, they have some dramatic, you know, God speaks to them from the cloud or in a dream. I mean, I don't know. I've heard anybody who felt their call to, uh, uh, you know, turning a page back in a career assessment career book. That's exactly how it started with me. Uh, was in that experience, and I, it just seemed right, and I never looked back. Um, but uh, but I never. This is really important for my story. I never felt that God called me to be a pastor. You know, like the traditional track. I just said, okay, God, whatever you have open for me. And so there's a lot I could say about this, but I've really got on fire for Jesus probably when I was like a junior in high school, sophomore, junior. And, um, and then um, I went off to college and uh, well, I, I, I got to go do summer missions in New Mexico the summer after my junior year of high school. That's another thing altogether that's a huge part of my story. And so I, that really shaped my thinking, you know, that God's world is bigger than my little corner that I grew up in. And okay, what does that mean? So I went to college and, um, and was at Washita Baptist University and um, was there for uh, a year and a half. This is a Baptist school in Arkansas. It was a great experience for me. But during my sophomore year, I saw a kiosk in the, in the student center about serve God in semester missions. This was home mission board. It was called before it was NAM. And God really just kind of caught my attention on that. And, uh, and I, I ended up pursuing that where you go for a semester, leave what you're doing and go do somewhere else and come back. And so I ended up going to Ohio in the winter of 1977 to start a Baptist campus ministry at Xavier University, a Catholic university in Cincinnati, Ohio. That was really different, okay? And then, and then it, I'm really cutting through a lot of stuff here, but I was there for a semester, was planning on coming back, but my supervisor asked me if I could stay for the summer and, um, and then um, work at, uh, you know, helping do some follow-up in, in Dayton, Ohio, about a half an hour north, 45 minutes north, for some teams that come up on spring break reaching students at the University of Dayton campus. All that to say, I needed to find some income because my term of service with Home Mission Board was ending. So I got a job as a youth minister for the summer in Dayton, Ohio. And I was there for about a month and the pastor approached me and said, things are going well. You know, the parents like you, the kids like you. Would you consider staying? Which I had not done, you know. Uh, and and um, But I knew after some prayer that that's what I needed to do. So I ended up staying in Ohio. Michaela didn't come back to Arkansas. So I went to college in Ohio, was real involved in the, what we call BSU then, the campus ministry group. And we, at there, we had no building, no budget, just students. And we were led by a regional director. So I'm a product of that kind of impact of collegiate ministry, both in the South, but really in the kind of out of the Bible belt. And it was during that time that I felt like God saying, this is what you're to do. Okay, that's that's what I want you to do. Um, so my calling to to ministry was during, you know, after I'd been come back from Ohio from, from New Mexico, and I said this I'm supposed to, I feel called to ministry. Being focused on college ministry came after my experience in Ohio uh, as a college student. Uh, I'll just say this about coming to Pennsylvania. I went to seminary 
and then went back to Arkansas to do campus ministry. I was there for about seven and a half years before I came here. I'd been there about five or six years, and then God started stirring in me. I felt a little restless. You know, what's the next chapter for me? I was around early 30s, and actually through a series of people I'd met with and all, thought uh, that I, I actually went back to Southern Seminary where I'd gone to seminary and actually began to meet with people to pursue a PhD in theology. I thought that was my next chapter and ended up, I was this close to the door of getting in and I had a retreat that, for, that I was at and kind of felt like, I'm not sure this is what I'm supposed to do, but God, whatever it is, you show me. It was, this was in 1990. It was that summer. I actually got a call, a phone call from a guy at Lifeway who was in collegiate ministry who oversaw Newark areas and the convention here in Pennsylvania had asked him to help them find their first collegiate state director. He knew me and he called me and he said, I think you'd do a great job with this. My only concern is you've never had any experience outside of the South. And I said, oh, Bob, his name was Bob. I said, I told him, I said, you didn't know I was in Ohio. I said, I spent three years, you know, in, in campus in Ohio. I'm a product of that. He didn't know. Uh, he said, this is amazing. So in other words, all every chapter, you know, God did prepare me for what the next thing was down the road. So, uh, so then I was interviewed and my wife and family and I came here and uh, I came here in January of 92. We had to raise our support and that was really different back then because no one was, very few people were doing this back then, McKay, like they do now. People thought we were crazy, you know, but we had to raise our support to come here for the first seven, eight years we were here. Uh, but I was brought here to be a visionary, to build something from scratch that was not done. And so I like that instead of coming to be like a director. So I was coming to be a visionary. You know what I mean? That's what so that's what I came here in, 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 I came here in January. My family didn't get here till, till June because we had to sell our house. So I was here for a few months without my family, but we all moved here in 92. So I've been here for 29 years now. Well, awesome. Well, my hair was not gray when I came here. Okay? <laughs> it's not gray. It's just silver, right? Silver. That's what my, that's what my little, my little guy says, says pop up your hair. Is your hair still, he calls it white. My hair's still white. So, uh, okay. So anyway, that's kind of the backstory on all that. Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you for sharing. So you've been with the BRN doing collegiate ministry for, you said, about 30 years now, right? Yeah, and, and for, 40 years altogether. If you go uh, the whole thing, I've been like 40 years, but thir almost 30 years here. Gotcha. Okay, awesome. So uh, I have to ask, you kind of touched on this before too, but what was kind of, why college ministry? Like what was the passion that God just gave you behind that specific area of ministry? Okay, well, I, I think, first of all, it just should be said that, like, you know, there's tons of school teachers, people go to college to be school teachers, and I think, it, you know, and I think you'd ask most students who are in education, they would say they were heavily influenced by a teacher when they were younger. I want to do what you do. Someone who's a coach, you know, they, they had a coach that was really influenced. I said, I want to do what you do, okay? So, so I think uh, how something impacts our life when we're young, you know, influences so much often what we want to be, a role model for us. So I would say that, that there's no doubt, but that God really used collegiate ministry when I was a student myself to shape my life, okay? And uh, I will say that as I'm coming toward retirement, Michaela, I've been doing a lot of reflecting over the arc of the story of God's life in, in my life over my lifetime. And uh, I think the values and the way I relate to the world, how I see the world and how I work at it. All those things were pretty much all in place by the time I graduated college. It wasn't just um, the BSU or the Baptist Collegiate Ministry, where that was huge, but it was just even that whole environment of those years of coming through. It's amazing how much of how I view the world and how I see things 
was already in place by the time I was your age. Okay. And, and I didn't, I don't think I saw that until I was much older and say, gosh, you know, why am I this way? And I look, it was an influence or something that happened during those years. So those years are huge in the development of a young person. So, um, so Charles Malik, he was a, um, uh, a Lebanese Christian who was in, really involved in the shaping and forming of the United Nations back in the 50s, coming out of post-World War II. He wrote a book called a Christian, Christ, Christian in the Universe, Higher Education, or something like this. It's kind of a primary document for those of us who are in college ministry. And I had a copy that I actually bequeathed to Stanley last week, you know, as he's my successor. I gave it to him as my, I passed it along to him. But there's a quote in that book where Malik talks about the importance of the university. He wrote this back like in the 60s. And he, his, his, the money quote that we all use is, he has this long pa paragraph that concludes with change the university, you change the world. So, so being present in the university context with students is just amazing for shaping the future of, the future leaders are all there, okay? So our verse, Michaela, is Psalm 7118. It's our, our uh, uh, kind of mantra, our, our, our core verse, where the psalmist says, even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. So there it is right there, and right there in the Psalms is our, our you know, our, our command, you know, God, don't let me get old and gray until I have passed along what you, you know, help the next generation know who you are. Uh, so, so I would just say uh, this, so many people say, you know, talk about, we understand this chapter in the life of a young person is so important. And so I think that's why I'm so passionate for collegiate ministry. I mean, it's cool hearing all these young people, but I mean, you have, you have the ability to be, to leverage influence in the life of a young person at a crucial time in their life. When they're so open to new ideas, they're open to influences in ways that would not happen maybe when they get later on with the busyness of life, you know, it's also just a super fun world to be in, mm. you know, and, um, and to be around people your age. I love it. And, uh, and what's really cool, Michaela, I, I'm so glad for Facebook. I've connected with so many of my, of my former students who are now, this is crazy, who are in there like their mid fifties. Some of my former students now have, I think so, the beginnings of my former students are, have their own grandkids. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. I mean, like really little. But uh, and and I, but they're all people who were my students are now graduating their their kids through school you know high school send them off to college so my students when I started out have their own kids in college mm. but it's great to see them mature I mean I, now I know them when they're parents and so to see them over a lifetime and we started out like way back when they were fresh I remember when I met them as freshmen it's just great that's so cool so kind of going off of that how, how have you seen god kind of transform or shape collegiate ministry throughout the years i'm sure it's okay. a little bit different now than than when you first started especially with you know generations as you were saying oh, yeah. Coming up yeah. to college well I, I and I, I i do have an answer for this i think this is kind of a big thing i think that and this is really a good response so when i started out uh back in the 70s and this was true for all of church life and certainly sbc we were very programmatic oriented. Uh, everything was more, you know, we're trying to build the program of discipleship training and the program of this. And, the, and you, you know, a good church had all the boxes they checked off that they were doing all the programmatic stuff. Um, and so uh, I think Rick Warren's book on the purpose-driven life and that you're trying to get away from, from kind of programmatic kind of ministry to more 
you know, purpose-driven, what's, what's the 40,000 foot view that we're trying to bring to, to bear on this? So I think for collegiate ministry, when I started out, we definitely were more of a, you're the director of a program of student ministry, okay? And you do these things and, and, and they were all good. I'm not saying this was not good. I'm, I'm not writing off because I'm a product of that, of that era. Uh, and, and there are good things that happened. But I think the, the if you under, know what I'm saying when I say the missional movement, I don't know if you're aware that there's a lot of talk about what it means to be a missionary and to be on mission with God in ways we didn't talk about. Like before, we would talk about supporting missions and supporting missionaries. And now there's talk about how we're all on mission with God. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think the biggest change I've seen in collegiate ministry over my lifetime, and this is a really good change, not for everybody, but I think overall, is that it used to be that a campus minister saw him or herself as I'm directing, you know, my job is just coming to a, say like Edinburgh. My job is to start this group on campus. Okay. So what is it going to take to do that? And that's maybe that's important, but I think now the question is different. The question is, what's it going to take to reach this campus for Christ? And so with, what it is, is means you that I think campus ministries ministers now think more as missionaries. They approach their campus more as a missionary than they do as a program leader you want ministry leader and it can take different forms okay so just like if you were a missionary overseas you come and you say okay god show me the opera the the avenues the doors you know show me the open doors and 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 on a campus you know okay god show me the places where i can have influence show me where the needs are you know show me the where we need to do and so yes it may involve a a, a ministry on a new life group or something absolutely but it may take different forms and so what I say is you start with your mission thinking and your campus ministry skills will follow just like a trailer. You know, you, you know what I mean? And I think instead of leading with collegiate ministry skills, you kind of, I would say, back up and think just like a missionary does. How do you exegete your campus? Think through that. And then, you know, just say, God, show me what it's going to take to reach this campus. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's, I think when I first started college, like there was that, even even then there was like the the feel of like you know you just want to get students to come to the campus ministry whereas like being around you know um those who run new life at penn state or um at edinburgh just like the brn campus ministers like they're definitely more focused on like okay where's a student at with their relationship with christ instead of just trying to you know give them give them kind of an outgoing to come to, um, to get them involved. It's more like, well, let me know you closer and more intimately so that I can care for you, um, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And it's totally a missional, missional mindset. Right. We had, we had, as you may, I don't know if you're aware, you may be aware, we bring our campus ministers in every semester for a learning community. We've done this like mm-hmm. the last decade or so. And uh, one of our most recent gatherings was on becoming a person of influence. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and so, you're, the next question you have is about my highlights with the BRN, but I'll just say that 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 I'll give a preview that my role with the BRN, um, I've come here with this assignment, but I think how God has used me, and I've, I learned this early on, is that like instead of being uh, through my role, you have certain things that you do, but what I've learned is what you really want to do is try to say, God, how do you, how can I be an influencer? Hmm. And influencers happen apart from titles. You know, and and it, and 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 I've been. I think God's used me to be an influencer. And I don't mean like some big leader person, but I mean to influence. I mean, and so what we we had a whole breakout, a learning community on how to be a person of influence, 
And I think on a college campus now, that's what a campus minister wants to say is, how, God, how can I leverage influence for the good of the kingdom in this situation? I'm, I believe that, that, that uh, this is a great ministry, you know, to be involved in. So uh, we, we kind of, I would say too, that we, we're, we're still focused on the college campus, Michaela, but we, we call it starts to be our next, like next generation. So we really talk about next gen. And so I will say not every church may be near a college campus, but every church needs to be focused on next gen. And, and, and not just, you know, you, young people, teenagers, you know, that. And then as they transition into adulthood, even if it's people who aren't going to college, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta help them transition well into adulthood. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you are, you're on mission for Christ wherever, wherever you go and whatever your age. Right. So then kind of, um, coming off of that and as you enter this new season of retirement, what are some just highlight moments that you really saw God work and transform uh, throughout the years of being the director for collegiate ministry for the BRN? Well, I'm going to share the first thing has nothing to do with collegiate ministry, but it was my intro up here. Okay. So the, the first year I was here, the first semester, first few months. So we've always been a small convention compared to the bigger ones, you know, down South and all. So when I came here though, we had a partnership. This is amazing. When I came here in 1992, we were still the aftermath. And you, you weren't even alive then, you know. So, no, but the, the aftermath of, the, I mean, you you weren't alive when the whole Cold War and the you know Soviet Union and communism was just huge, you know, and how we dealt with all that. And then the fall of com of the Soviet Union, the collapse, and what comes after. So all these countries that were next to Russia, part of the Soviet, Union, we're all you know Eastern Europe, we're all becoming liberated, I guess you might say, you know, and there was opportunity to go in and work there. So Kazakhstan was a country, you know, east, east of Russia that was becoming open after all these decades of being part of the Soviet Union. And the, and so Southern Baptists and had, a, had taken a team over there, like the year, like 1990 or 91 or whatever. And the Penn Searcy Baptist led that, led that effort. So Mesa, it was like 330 people went over to Kazakhstan for like two or three weeks. And so they wanted to have 330 Kazakhs come over here the next, you know, in 1992. So I came here in January and they were right at, you know, getting ready for this thing that's going to take place in May. I, I, I didn't have an assignment with this thing because I was brand new, but the executive director said, you know, at some point we'll figure out what you can do. So he <laughs> calls me like in about March, like two months before they're supposed to come. He says, Robert, we got a problem. We found out the State Department has declined our request for Harrisburg International to be the staging point. Oh, no. They're all going to have to fly into JFK in the, in New York City. Oh no! And so this is huge. You know, said I, somebody's got to work the logistics for this. He said, "This is your new assignment." <laughs> so I have to say, I kind of like this. That came with no instructions, you know, but I kind of like having a assignment. Just you know, like with no no yeah, just you know, <laughs> make it work. So okay. So I had to drive to JFK Airport to try to see how are we going to become a re receive these people in JFK because we had to meet them and process them and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say this real quick. So what what happened was I'm driving to to, to New York like in March and uh, and I, I'm like Isaac's servant in the Bible said God grant me favor in the eyes of those I will meet. So I go to JFK Airport and this is part of part you know and it's, and it's different terminals there. So this is the Delta Terminal International Terminal. And I walk in there and I go to the Delta, one of the ticket counters, and I said, I need to talk to the person in charge of this terminal. And she said, well, then you need to talk to Mr. Vergonis. And I said, if he's in charge of this terminal, I need to meet with him. 
And they got on the loudspeaker and said, George Fergonis, come down here. You know, you're needed. So within five minutes, this guy comes down. He said, what can I do for you? And I said, Mr. Fergonis, I introduced myself and said, so what was going on? And he said, come with me. So within 10 minutes of my walking in that terminal, I'm sitting across the desk from the guy who's in charge. And I sat with him and I said, Mr. Vergonis, this is what's happened. We need, we got all these people coming in from the former Soviet Union. You know, we got, he said, come with me, Robert, I will help you. And so, and so God used me to help with that. And then we, and then helping process all these Kazakhs. And, and then we did have 330 of them over three days who came, flew in 110 on each flight. And it just worked fantastic. And, and so being able from the very beginning, it's like, okay, this is what being on mission means that, okay, God's going to do stuff we can't even conceive of. You know what I mean? This is this, we're, we're, we're no longer in Kansas anymore. Okay. <laughs> and that just gave me a, a, you know, a hint of how, okay, God's going to ask us to do things that, that are out of the box. Okay. So that was my intro, my intro to Penn South Jersey on staff here was not okay, it's just do the normal stuff. It was like, we're going to think out of the box and think big and just trust God for whatever crazy thing he asks us to do. I think the, the, the second big thing was, is that when I came here, the home mission board, which is what NAM used to be called, um, they were not approving college min missionaries at that time. They just weren't. Uh, they were, they just, they had some at like at the military academies and all, but, 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 in places like Pennsylvania, they just didn't really fund people up here for the, for the most part. And um, we, um, when I came here, Michaela, we had been here for three or four years, and I was trying to figure out how do we go forward here. And I knew that they weren't going to fund a dozen missionaries for me, you know, student workers to come here. But I thought, uh, when I came here in 91, 92, three months before I came here, the first Walmart opened in Harrisburg. So Walmarts weren't here back, you know, back until like the 90s, early 90s. Now they're everywhere, but the first one. And what I found out was that they put a distribution center in Southern New York um, state. And I don't know if you've ever seen them, but Walmart has these huge distribution centers. They're massive that where they kind of stage all their stuff. And that makes the Walmarts all of our whole region happen. Okay. They put in a distribution center, then they put Walmarts everywhere. So I said, what we need is a Walmart distribution center for Pennsylvania, South Jersey and Pittsburgh and Philly. So my argument was, can we get a campus, a regional leader for Pittsburgh and one for Philly to be the distribution center? And at first, you know, they, they, they didn't do that, but, but uh, I, I, won't, I won't go into all the details of this, but I'm saying the process of our working with the whole mission board to make that happen, it, was, it caught, took about a year and a half, but we were able to break that log jam for here and get them to approve uh, a, a, a campus a missionary from, from HMB, later NAM, for Pittsburgh and one for Philly. Getting that logjam uh, broken was a huge highlight of my time here. And what I felt really good about was over the years, because that logjam got broken at what became NAM, uh, is that it, it, a few years ago, there were 47 collegiate missionaries at one time serving across the country through NAM. And we were the ones who broke that for the country, okay, yeah. and opened that door. Awesome. Now, in the new NAM, they've mostly been cut back now, okay? But at least for about, you know, 20 years or so, we had that, you know, 15, 20 years, we had all those. And so even though they're not there now in the way they were, uh, I praise God for what happened for all that, you know? And so I felt like God used us to break that logjam. Uh, the third thing I will say, and this, again, is not necessarily just a collegiate thing, 
But uh, when we were, we had a huge rethinking through our strategy back in the late 90s and early 2000s about how we would do our work here in Penn, South Jersey. That, that became, the, and what we transitioned to was what we now call the Baptist Resource Network, okay, with some different ways of doing stuff. I was on a sabbatical at the end of, two, of like 99, okay, when we were starting some of this stuff, and we had these listening sessions all around the state with churches kind of pitching these, this visionary kind of scenario to them about what might happen. And so I came back in January of 2000 from that, and my executive director, David Waltz, comes to me, and he has a stack of these, all this data, all these listening sessions, what people are, and it says, okay, make sense of this, you know, work through this and kind of compile it, and that was my assignment. This is another, like, open-ended thing, you know what I mean? And so I spent a month or so reading through this several weeks and coming together and writing up you know, what it means spiritually and using the things they want to do. How do we think out of the box? How do we know God is at work? What does it mean? And I wrote up a document that became foundational for what was guiding us to become the BRN. And, um, and very few people know that I even wrote that. And it was approved that fall by the state convention here in our annual meeting. This is the guiding document. My name is not on it. But I, again, it's, it's, it's influence, not title. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I felt like, okay, God used me to be able to put that together. And I had input from people here. But, but it, I just think I, I'm so happy with how that turned out. And, and I don't know that anybody looks at that document today, but I think it's in our DNA. You know what I'm saying? It's like they don't refer to it. But I, I helped do that, and I really was pleased with how that turned out. So, and then the, the final thing I'll say, and I, I kind of put this at the end, I'll just say it now, is that working with our team of campus ministers here, Michaela, is the highlight. It's just, we're like family. I think maybe you've seen a little bit of that or Robbie sensed that, you know, we're like family. Yeah. And, um, and, and so I have the, this whole BRN work I've been involved in, but also I have this other world of our college ministry team that I've been kind of the, the dad to or whatever, you know, over the years. And, uh, uh, maybe the grandfather now, I don't know, but, but uh, <laughs> I love working with all of them. And uh, it's just been great. I mean, because I had this, we had this family that we worked with. So that, that's, those are some of the highlights, you know. Well, thank you for sharing all that uh, yeah. with me and for being so instrumental in uh, college ministry in so many different ways. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's awesome. And you definitely are an influencer. And even in my own life, like I, I have to say, I don't know if anyone actually knows this um, from the podcast, but you are the reason why I, I'm getting to do this podcast and article series, uh, pretty much like indirectly you and Shannon, you connected me with Shannon. Um, and that turned into like a whole other world of opportunities. So thank you for being I influential am, if, in my own life. When I was an intern at, after college, I was an intern in college ministry in <laughs> Arkansas for, a, for a, a year and a half. And I will say that what I learned, I'm, there's a lot to unpack here. I'm not going to, but I learned we, we grew our ministry from like 20 or 25 to like 75 over that year or so. And part of it was I learned that one of the gifts God's given, I was a minister of introduction. I, I would connect this person to this person and, you know, and there's a real value in that. I mean, it, oh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes, so I, my whole life, I think I've been a minister of introduction. So this is just the latest example, connecting yeah. you and Shannon. Absolutely. And we've, we're, I mean, we're on our way to 50 stories out of it. So how many do you have now? Uh, yours is number 21. All right. Well, you got a ways to go, but you know, it's the, the year's still young. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> it right. is. 
Well, um, is there anything else you'd like to share um, before we go or any thoughts? Yeah, just a couple things. Um, I'll do this real quick. You asked me what I was looking forward to in my season of retirement. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so I, I have a 110-year-old house, so I get to work on my house, and, I'm, and I, I, you know, and I, I know it won't take forever. My wife thinks we'll never get through with it, but I've talked to other people retired. They say, yeah, you know, you'll do it, but maybe the next two or three years. I'm gonna, I've got a lot of stuff to do on my old house. Uh, I do have two little boys to raise, and uh, you know they're they just finished first and third grade, and I'm 63. <laughs> so when the when Jordan, our first grader, graduates, I'll be like 74, and I'm thinking, oh God, please help me be healthy and strong. Okay, um, and uh, I I will say too that I part of what I want to do, I'm not going to be a professional Christian, you know, after a couple more weeks, but uh, we'll always be. You know, people say you don't retire from ministry. I say, well, you retire from vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we never retire from being a follower of Jesus. And so what I want to do is I hope to be a missionary to my neighborhood in my book, to do locally what we've told other people, to be like a missionary to my neighborhood. And I want to try to get to know my neighbors better. The final thing is, you said any additional thoughts, I'll just say serving on the staff of the BRN here. Uh, I mean, I can't tell you how fantastic the support has been over the decades. I mean, it's just been great. So I've been here for three decades and have mostly, mostly been able to kind of be not micromanaged, you know, that people trusted me to kind of do these crazy things that we did over the years. I mean, we've done a lot of out-of-the-box stuff. And and so uh, I can't, I mean, I have to, I need to work in that kind with that kind of freedom. And so I, I've been given a, a lot of freedom over the time I've been here. And praise the Lord. I mean, it, it, that's, I love it. People have been have been extremely supportive of me. I mean, I can't tell you how supportive people have been in the state for in, in this area for me. And then again, God's given me the privilege of working with some of the best, best people in the kingdom in, in this world, of the larger world of collegiate ministry. I mean, some of the greatest people work in this ministry, but here in Penn South Jersey, the people who have come through on our team are just fantastic. And, and, um, I mean, just wonderful people that I've been privileged to know, and I hope to know them all in the old, old days. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. But Robert, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing, you know, all of the things that you've got to see God do throughout the years of your ministry through the BRN uh, in campus and college ministry. It's it's awesome to, you know, see someone who has so much passion for, and well, especially like me, I'm in that age range and just understanding, you know, the heart behind that. So thank you for sharing that and all the awesome memories that you've had. And uh, we thank you for your years of service and we wish you the best as you enter this new season of retirement. I'm sure God will do great things through that as well. So thanks again for coming on. And if you would like to know more about, you know, Robert Turner, what he's done, um, or more about college ministry, you can go online to www.brnunited.org. And while you're on there, just go to the search bar, type in, you know, college ministry or Robert Turner's name, and you'll see um, a bunch of information about college ministry and what the BRN does uh, for that specific mission field. Uh, So while you're on there also on the BRN's website, you can head on over and check out the 50 Stories of Transformation series. Um, There are 20 other stories just waiting for you to enjoy um, either article or podcast form. They're there for you and we hope you enjoy them. So again, all of that is available for you online at www.brnunited.org.
Thank you so much for joining me for yet again another 50 Stories of Transformation story. Um, I'll be back next week, next Thursday with another one. So be on the lookout for that. And hey, give it a share. Share it with one of your friends uh, during this week if you get a chance. Um, and I hope that uh, these stories are just bringing encouragement and hope to you and everyone who hears. So with that, I'll be back next week. But until then, have a great week, everyone. Thank you.